the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As we fasten our seatbelts, let's pray together. Lord, I thank you for this time. We are here in your presence to hear you speak. It's not me. It's it's your word. It's your word prepared by you, given by you. And this word is life-giving. This word is light-giving. This word gives strength. And I pray that that word that is spoken today would do that for each and every person. You know what it is that they need. Lord, by this word, impart life, strength, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Save to serve, right? We've been talking about the fact that God has called us as believers together and commissioned us to serve him. That's basically been the theme for the past couple of weeks. Today, we're building upon that, right? So we're going to continue with that. And the topic of today, the word for today is the ministry of reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation, which is just a fancy way of saying the work of serving, the work of reconciling. All right. So let's open our Bibles. Let's have our Bibles open. Let's have a notebook. We're going to look at 2 Corinthians 5, 12 to 21 as our main text and go from that to other texts, but that's going to be our home base. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 12. Um, A little context here for those of us uh, who aren't familiar with 2 Corinthians 5. Paul, Paul's an, an apostle. He's sent by God. He's commissioned by God, and he goes around planting churches. He goes around preaching the gospel, and some people who are saved, they come together, and they form a church. Right. And then Paul leaves and does that again. And then he plants churches around. Right. The church here is the church at Corinth. And he's writing this letter to these people in this church, uh, mainly because they have come around what you call false teachers. False teachers have come and they come and steal these new converts and they give them a distortion of the truth and they discredit Paul. They say, look at Paul. Paul is, he's not well-spoken. He doesn't look good. He's afflicted. He goes through so much trouble. You know, you can't really believe what he's preaching, right? But these false teachers, you know, they're flamboyant. They can speak well. They're successful. You know, there's every sign of an outward blessing on their ministry, right? And so Paul writes this letter saying, you know, I'm not here to give you my resume. I'm not here to, you know, boast about who I am. I'm writing this letter actually to give you a reason for those who boast in what you can see versus what you can't see versus what is in the heart. Right. So if you look in verse 12, right, it says, we do not commend ourselves again to you. I'm not trying to prove myself to you. What I'm trying to do is give you a response to those who boast in appearance and not in heart. There are people who judge you and assess you based off of externally, you know, how's the ministry doing? You know, 
how many people are following you? Uh, who's there? What are you dressed with? Um, what are you driving? All of that stuff. Paul's saying what you should actually be looking at is actually what is in the heart. And that's what we're going to get into. But that's the context. Right. The substance of a person is what is within the person, not what you can see. Right. It's not what you can see. It's what is in the person, what is in the person's heart. So Paul wasn't motivated by money. Paul wasn't pulled by popularity. He didn't really care about that stuff. What motivated Paul? The only thing that motivated Paul was the love of Christ, the love of Christ. That's what we see when we look at verse 14. Right. So when we look at verse 14, he says, for the love of Christ does what compels us. It compels us to do this work because we understand that we should have died, but Christ died for us. And that's great love. And so for the people who receive this love, they don't live for themselves. They don't live for popularity. They don't live for external things. They don't live for frivolous pleasures. They live for him who died for them. Right. So that's the background. And so what we're going to be dwelling on really is verse 17 to verse 21, verse 17 to 21. So, again, the context, you understand that there are false apostles. There are people out there trying to discredit Paul. Paul is saying my motivation for ministry is the love of Christ. And I want you to understand this great work of God in us. All right. So let's take a look at this. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So remember, in the previous verses, Paul is saying there are people who judge you externally based off of your exterior, right? Based off of what they can see. Um, Those things are superficial, Those things are temporary, right? The real stuff is the substance within. This is the stuff that matters. This is what matters. And he's speaking specifically about the work of a new creation, the work of a new heart. That's what matters. Not what you wear, not the people around you. It's the work of a new creation. That's why he says, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things, your former life, has passed away. The sins that you did, your mistakes, those things are gone. Everything in your life is new. Notice he doesn't say improved, right? God didn't come to give you an improved life. He came to give you a new life, that which you couldn't do by yourself. So he didn't clean up your old nature. He gave you a completely new one. He didn't upgrade your engine. He didn't change the radiator, right? He didn't give you some new seats in your car. What did he do? He gave you a new car. It's completely new. So the old smell, right, that old sound, those old kinks in the other car, that's all gone. The new car, the new thing is here. That's the new creation. And that's not something you can do of yourself. This is what? A work of God. What he's speaking about is salvation. What he's speaking about is regeneration. He's speaking about the new life of God in you. That's what matters. All right. So this newness has nothing to do with what you can do. This newness has everything to do with with Christ. In other words, it's not about performance. It's never been about performance. It's all about placement. Who are you in? If you are what? In Christ. Read that verse 17 with me. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
He is a new creation. If anyone is what? In Christ. That's all that matters. Not what you can do. It's about placement. It's about placement. All right. And so now we're going to realize and look at these next verses, 18 to 20, and see what Paul is talking about here. I'm going to read it, right? It says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That's our topic. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing the trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Did anybody notice how many times the word reconcile was mentioned there? Five times. And just in those verses, reconciled, reconciled, reconciled. He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. He's reconciled us to himself. What does that word mean? Well, we're going to define it. But what we see here is that Paul outlines one our need for reconciliation. He outlines our identity because of reconciliation. And then he outlines our duty because of reconciliation, our duty due to this reconciliation. So we see our need, we see our identity, and we see our duty. That is what you have to do. All right. So let's go through this. Our need for reconciliation. Reconciliation means restoring that which was apart to bring them together, meaning bringing back into a friendly relationship. That's what reconciliation means. So reconciliation assumes what? Alienation assumes separation, right? You're over there. I'm over here. We, there's a distance between us. Our relationship is broken. Reconciliation means bringing back into agreement, into a friendly relationship. It says, There are two parties, right? What are the two parties? Verse 19, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, right? So that means that the world was at odds with God. Why was the world at odds with God? Sin says sin is what separates us from God. Sin is what brings the gap between us and God. And sin, I know we're familiar with the term. We hear it here and there. You know, some of us trivialize that word because we hear it often, often, you know, oh, you think it's just a religious term or you just think it's something abstract. But what we actually see in the scriptures is that sin is poisonous. Sin isn't an abstract thing. It's not just a religious term. It's not just the bad things you hear about on the news. It's not what's blatantly evil. It's not what feels wrong. It's not what bad people do. Sin is a real poison that is in us all. It causes us to enjoy, to serve, and to seek anything that is not God. That is, that is sin. Sin is in our nature. Sin oftentimes feels good. Sin is seductive, right? And so... Sin, again, is enjoying, serving, seeking anyone or anything above God. Enjoying, serving, seeking anyone or anything above God, before God. Okay, so then why is sin a big deal? Sin is a big deal because 
It's an offense to God. Now, remember, let's go back in the book of Genesis. We see that God created the heavens and the earth. He created humanity. He created us and he created us for our sole purpose of enjoying him, enjoying him, serving him, seeking him, being with him. Right. God created us to enjoy. He created us out of his pleasure and we created out of his pleasure are to enjoy him, to glorify him, to please him. Amen. Right. That's that's his original intention. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.